0: Welcome to Musically Challenge, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou.
1: So, yeah, think ghosts are real or what? Yeah. So, welcome to Episode 60 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me, as always, is Lou Walbach. Hello, hello. This week, we're going back to the mailbag. What is this, the third week in a row? Second week in a row. Second week. So, and let a guest listener be part of the show. Like before, we'll be going over an outside playlist given to us by a listener and give it our well-educated and non-biased opinions on the songs, good or bad. As a reminder, we have chosen not to accept any stipulations such as, don't hate on XX band because I like them, or don't be mean. We won't be pulling any punches, regardless of whomever the guest chooser is, so there will be no favoritism displayed, just our pure, unadulterated opinions. Potential submitters, don't say you weren't warned. This week we're concluding our Nicole Tufer that sounds kind of dirty. A little bit, yeah. This week's playlist was brought to us by my Nicole. Nicole Knight. Nicole, Nikki, Nick, it doesn't really matter what you call her. She's pretty laid back, wouldn't you agree?
0: I would agree with that, yeah.
1: She's And she's a big fan of music. But she's the type of person who likes a song and has no clue who sings it. I'm kind of looking forward to this list. Like always, our guest listener playlist begs us to ponder the questions. Will we discover some new artists that we'll have to start listening to, or will it be junk that we could live without? Will we feel our lives enriched and bettered for listening to these, or will we be, feel cheated and wish we could have that precious time from our lives back? Guess you'll just have to keep listening to find
0: out. So without further ado, let's get the show started. All right. So how you been? Pretty good. i um, loving the weather. It's pretty, I mean... Yeah, but it's
1: supposed to get cold again.
0: Yeah, but it's still not supposed to... uh, The S word. Not going to say it, because it's like Voldemort. You bring it on, it's going to (laughs) happen. No, but... um, No, like, yesterday was... I mean, yesterday was almost 50. Yeah. Sunny, I mean... Today was was about 40. uh, It's still perfect. It's supposed to be
1: almost 50 by Sunday, and then the cold's coming back in again. But, like you said, it's not supposed to...
0: That. Do that. Right. Right. I'm perfectly okay with it. There's, you know, the whole, in like a lamb, out like a lion or whatever, I mean, it... Definitely came in like a lion with that shitload of stuff that we got. Yeah,
1: you kind of had that backwards, though. It's in like a lion, out well, like a lamb.
0: Well, the phrase is, but it just depends on how it goes. Well, yeah, that's but true. But this year, it came in terribly. So hopefully that means the end of the month will be great.
1: I hope so. I hope I hope by the end of March and into early April, it really starts to heat up. I want to get rid of the damn stuff. I'd like to see some grass for you my birthday. You said the word. You
0: bastard. I'm, I want to be... I want to golf for mine. Okay. I think by the end of April... I think it should be okay. It better be. Yeah. So, anyhow. So, do you want to start off with the liquored up just to get it going?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Or
0: are we going to tell about our ratings first?
1: We'll do that at the end. Let's get liquored up. I think I need it. All right. So, this week, like last week, where your Nicole picked the the alcohol, Mm -hmm. my wife, my Nicole, picked the alcohol. So, we have got Best Damn Apple Ale, which is made by Best Damn Breweries. I think. That's a pretty bold claim,
0: I will have to say that. It
1: is. It is. Um it is uh four point two percent alcohol by volume, twelve ounces, glass bottle, picture of an apple on it.
0: It says it's crisp, so I'm hoping so. Yeah, so should we just go ahead and give it a Did you read the little side note on it? Each drink is like bobbing for awesome. Well, let's find out. Yeah, I'm hoping so. It's hmm. kinda got that
1: uh it's almost like a green apple. Kind of, but it's not bitter. Right. Um, but it's not a red apple either, like they show on the picture. Mm. It's actually, it's not bad. It's not it, bad.
0: The, the, it, honestly, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of apple Kool-Aid. I don't think I've ever had apple Kool-Aid. Because it kind of, it's like, kind of like apple juice, but not totally like, because like artificial apple flavored almost. Right. And it goes away. I mean, there's nothing lingering.
1: No, it's, it's, it's pretty crisp. It's pretty fresh.
0: I could see doing these on hot days. Best damn, though? I've had other apple ales. No, no. I, I wouldn't say it's the best damn. I'd say it's pretty darn good. <laughs> pretty darn good. I like that. All right, so let's let's rate this baby. Um, I'm going to go with a thumbs up. I'm going to say solid bar. Okay. Because there are better. It's good. I would not turn it away, but it's not great. I would actually buy this. I mean, I did buy this, but... <laughs> I would buy
1: this again. How about that?
0: I would like to get a variety pack. You know how, like, Lineys sometimes mm-hmm. has, like, the multi-flavors? I'd like to have a variety pack as long as they don't put the root beer in here because oh, the, the Best, best damn, damn Root, root is
1: Beer terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. It is... I don't know. It's like root beer mixed with rubbing alcohol. It's not...
0: To me, it had, like, a metallic taste to it. Almost like... Like, if somebody punched you in the mouth, how you had that bloody taste. Yeah. That's kind of what that tasted like with a little bit of a root beer twang.
1: I guess I can see that. I, I won't have explained it that way, but. Uh...
0: Well, fair enough. Okay, fine. I just had a bloody nose, and now I still have the taste of blood, I, which I'd prefer to have me punched in the mouth, actually. <laughs> don't, all right. Don't take that as an offer, by the way.
1: <laughs> Aw. You always ruin all my fun.
0: No. Nikki ruins your fun. I try to make you have fun. <laughs> but you won't let me punch you in the mouth. We can find somebody else. Okay. Fair enough. Bum fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So,
1: uh, all right. It's trivia time.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. Forgot about that. No, I didn't. (laughs) Okay. Now, I did the piece of trivia based on our guest.
1: Like you called my wife and asked her something? No,
0: but... Well, you'll... All right. You you had a 25% chance to get this one right. You're giving me a multiple choice? There are four correct answers. Oh. Or there's... there's, No. Take that back. There is one correct answer, but the pool is four people. So you have a one in four chance of getting this right. Okay. Which beetle learned how to knit as a child during a hospital stay? I think I know that, actually. And because I know that your Nikki enjoys needlepoint, knitting, point knitting yep. all that other stuff, that is the reason why I picked that question. So just as a recap, which beetle learned how to knit as a child during a hospital stay?
1: I already wrote my answer
0: down. All right. So we'll check and see if you're right at the end.
1: All right. So now before we start talking about the songs, we'll remind you guys of our personal rating system for our guest songs. We use a 0 to 10 system. Mm -hmm. So 0 is absolute shit. Kill it with fire before your ears bleed. We have not come across a 0 yet. We've come across a 1. Yes. And we will do so again, I'm sure. But, um, so 1 to 3 is a hard pass. Never again if we can help it. You know, that's those songs that come on the radio and you're like, what's another good station?
0: Yeah, kind of, Yeah. Uh, four to six is okay, not great but not terrible. I think most songs, unless you actually like the band, are going to fall in a four to six range. Yeah, I would agree because
1: that's the one on the radio you hear come on and you're like, it's all right, it's all right. You might even know like the chorus to sing along with, mm-hmm. but
0: but not enough to learn more of the
1: words. Right, exactly. So seven to nine, it's it's pretty good to great. You may have to look for more by this artist in the future. So this is a song where you may have not heard the artist before or something like that, and you're like. Well, that was really good. I, who was that? And then you kind of check out their shit.
0: Kind of how we got in with Alter Bridge.
1: Yeah, exactly. So ten is the unicorn. It's a maze ball's awesome, and you can't live without it. Again, on this end of the scale, we haven't found it yet.
0: I think there's a couple that have come close, but not tens. There's
1: been a couple nines. Ten, I, I'm gonna be. When we get to that point, when one of us finds that, you better be able to back up what the hell you're saying.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And because this, again, too, it is the unicorn. Yeah. And if you put too many of them out there, it's going to lose its...
1: Right. And then it's going to be like, it's oh, it's a, oh, it's another 10. Listen to these guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I'm going to use the video game rating for that for a second because I read a website called Games GameSpot. Okay. And they rate games just like IGN does, just like a whole bunch of other ones. They've given a few games nines and a couple of them tens and the tens were solid good games like ocarina of time for example classic game witcher 3 classic and if dawn if you're listening you can attest to this witcher 3 amazing game but they don't give tens very often there's a couple of nines there's a bunch of eights seven sixes and things like that good to go so you can't really flail or fling around a 10 because then it just loses its luster all okay. right making some notes for yourself are you yeah. All right, cool. Well, does that mean you want me to start? Yeah, please do. <laughs> All right. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start off with Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. Now, Walk the Moon is an American rock band that formed in 2006 by Nicholas Patricia. Yeah, Bless you. I know, right? Damn Italian names. He was a student at Kenyon College and took the name from a police song. Um, they played small gigs and released their own their own. Solo debut album, 2010's I Want, I Want, which predictably didn't chart. Uh, Many alt radio stations played the album, including the song Anna Sun, and they got the attention of RCA Records, who signed them in 2010. They released their first, finger-quote, major-label studio album, 2012's self-titled Walk the Moon, and it peaked at number 8 on the U.S. alt chart. They continued to tour, putting on good live shows and getting a reputation for painting their faces for concerts, as well as bringing enough paint for the audience also kind of neat yeah you know the budget on
1: that though i mean obviously they're going to have smaller audiences but still the budget on bringing paint for everybody
0: to dollar tree it probably cost them like 20 bucks
1: and that shit doesn't come off for three weeks
0: (laughs) that's not their problem (laughs) that's true so in 2000 september 2014 they released shut up and dance stylized with a plus sign because you know whatever Um, Ahead of the Parrot album, Talking is Hard, which came out in November, the song broke them out and got them to be the superstars that they are today. It opened the door to many big deals for musicians, such as performing on TV, performing at the AMA Awards, and singing the national anthem for Monday Night Football between the Bengals and the Texans. Okay. They're based out of Cincinnati, so, I mean, that's probably pretty cool. Makes sense, yeah. I mean, see, that or the Browns. I mean, I'll take the Bengals any day. (laughs) So they've had a few member shakeups and are still recording and touring today. Walk the Moon has released four studio albums that have spawned six singles. And as mentioned before, Shut Up and Dance is a lead single off of the 2014 Talking is Hard album. I'm sorry, Talking is Hard. I just I can't say that without grinning. Let's, let's go ahead and take a listen to Shut Up and Dance. So shut up and listen, and dance if you want. so the song was written by the members of the band ben burger and ryan mcmahon there's a name for you ben burger yeah who and the the duo is known as captain cuts nice and not even making that up it's considered one of the band's biggest hit singles it's based on an experience from nick p because i don't want to say his name again he apparently was at an L.A. club, and his girlfriend invited him to dance. He came up with the song as an anthem to just let go and have fun while dancing. Fair enough. enough. I'll be honest, I never heard of these guys. I knew the song, I just didn't know who the artist was. And I didn't know, or just didn't care to know who the artist was, I guess. It's not a bad song, it's formulaic, but it's entertaining. I gave it a 6.
1: Okay. Now, it's kind of a pop-inspired dance song. That's the, when I When kind I listened... Of. Well, that's I—that's you know—that's kind of what I thought when I listened to it. Um, I knew the song, like you said. I had no idea. When I saw Walk the Moon was the band, and I'm like, I don't know if I even know this song because the band didn't ring a bell at all. No, no, not at all. But it's not a bad song for what it is. It's a great song if you're at a dance, a wedding, or something of that like.
0: I bet you at a wedding it would be good because that way you can get, like, you know, just shut up and dance, get on the floor.
1: Yeah, cool. yeah. It's a, it's a fun song about a guy and a girl who meet, fall in love, and get married all over the idea of, well, dancing. I know Nikki loves to dance, and I don't dance near enough to make her happy. I know this.
0: I jiggle. I don't dance. <laughs> I white guy dance, man. I sober white guy dance. Ooh. I know, right? So, the video, I don't know if you watched
1: it. Nope. It's hilarious. Really? Watch the video. All right. Oh, my God. But the song itself, I gave it a solid six as well. We're already starting on a match. I know this
0: is getting kind of scary. It is because last time we had like three sevens in a row, and it was and like then,
1: jackpot. And that was by the seventh song, by the sixth song, because we started in the seventh song with number song. seven,
0: right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't think I would.
0: When I saw the name of the song, I'm just like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know. And then I heard it, I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately, it was a positive. There it is.
1: All right. So we're gonna now visit a place that my wife spends a lot of her time listening to music and that's country
0: oh i thought you meant in the boondocks
1: well so little big towns boondocks uh, little big town is an american country music group founded in 1998 the group has comprised the same four members since its founding that's actually hard to find these days
0: it is um i've seen a few of them that we've talked about that are like foo fighters for example i think that was one of the other ones that everybody's the same but the rest of it's just like member shakeup, up member shake up. if you look at like their wikipedia page or something it's like former members and the page is like four pages long and then right and so. then current members there's three guys exactly
1: but karen fairchild kimberly schlopman and <sighs> jimmy westbrook and philip sweet that kimberly schlopman she got screwed by the name fairy yeah she did i would definitely <laughs> change that Their musical style relies heavily on four-part vocal harmonies, with all four members alternating as lead vocalists. Westbrook and Sweet also play rhythm guitar. After a recording deal with the Mercury Nashville record label, which produced no singles or albums, Little Big Town released its self-titled debut on Monument Records in 2002. It produced two minor country single charts before the group left the label. By 2005, the group had been signed to Equity Music Group, an independent record label owned by Clint Black. Their second album, The Road to Here, was released that year and received a platinum certification from the RIAA. A Place to Land. Their third album was released via Equity, then re released via Capital Nashville after Equity closed in 2008. Five more albums have followed for Capital The Reason Why, 2010, Tornado, 2012, Painkiller, 2014, Wonderlust, 2016, and The Breaker, 2017. All of their albums have accounted for 24 singles on hot country songs and country airplay including the number one singles uh pontoon girl crush and better man along with top 10 hits boondocks bring it on home little white church tornado and the day drinking day drinking been there doesn't sound like a bad idea
0: no not at all (laughs) country song about drinking shut up i know
1: why don't you join me in the boondocks i can't
0: Some would argue that Wausau is the boondocks, but... I
1: suppose. Uh, Actually, you know, when I grew up, I grew up out in Rib Mountain, which really at that time was the boondocks. It has grown...
0: Well, you know, Wausau's bumper stickers that were coming out, at least we're not Athens. (laughs) I have not seen those. No, it's probably not. Or or they can probably switch out with like, at least we're not Merrill. Right. At least we're not Merton. Come for the Arby's, stay for the meth. Wow.
1: So Boondocks was released in May 2005 as the first single from their album, The Road to Here. It became their first top ten hit in the U.S. or on the U.S. Billboard Hot Country Songs charts. It was written by Karen Fairchild, Kimberly Rhodes, which was Kimberly Schlottman's name before she was married, Philip Sweet, Jimmy Westbrook, and Wayne Kirkpatrick. Originally, the song was titled Waiting for the Sun to Go Down. According to Karen Fairchild, one of the group's members, when we wrote it, it just wasn't there. We kind of set it aside for a few days, and when Wayne Kirkpatrick, one of the song's co-writers, came back, the group later decided on turning the song into a southern anthem, at which point Kirkpatrick suggested, I'm born and raised in the boondocks. So the song (laughs) itself is one of those country songs, which is a lot of fun if you're out listening to a band in the bar. But I really don't classify this as country. I'd classify it as country rock or hillbilly rock even
0: country pop maybe
1: i wouldn't go there either but that's just me i really enjoy this song regardless of what i call it i gave it a seven of ten
0: all right now i have to get i'm gonna do positive and negative thing positive is i think they got a fantastic harmony they have very good harmonies together it's a twangy country song not really my style i didn't think it was great didn't hate it didn't love it it was an even five okay fair enough all right so what do you got next we're gonna stick with the alcohol theme, and we're gonna start rolling it out with the Bear Barrel Polka by Walter Ostinek. Alright. So, Ladislav John Walter Ostinek, Canadian musician born in 1935, known as Canada's Polka King. Yay! And there are worse things to be known by. American Polka King? Well, I would make a Nickelback joke, but I like Nickelback, so no. <laughs> so Uh, He was born in Quebec and moved to Ontario when he was a kid. A good friend of his introduced him to polkas when he was five, and he was gifted his first accordion when he was nine. Yay. Thanks, (laughs) Mom. Appreciate that. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of there with you, man.
0: Really? I can't get socks this year? I have to get an accordion? All right. What about a guitar? Yeah. Drums? Anything? So after years of practice, he became popular playing Slovenian style, also known as Cleveland style, polkas, and waltzes. He formed his own band in the late 50s, and in early 1963, he and his band, the Walter Austinick Band...
1: Yeah, it was kind of like back in the day with the so-and-so and his orchestra.
0: Yeah, like Jim Bob and the Rippers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dropped their first of many albums. He also hosted multiple different shows between TV and radio, and guest starred on others, such as The Tonight Show and Donahue. Remember Donahue? Vaguely. Yeah. I mean, like Sally Jesse and Donahue. Those yeah, two Yeah, like my windows. mother watched both of them. Mm-hmm. He's also appeared in concert with many other artists, including Roy Clark, the Oak Ridge Boys, Mel Tillis, Slim Whitman, and Lawrence Welk. In his career spanning over five decades, he released more than 50 albums and has won three Grammys, being nominated 13 times. He's been compared to America's polka king, Frankie Yankovic, who is also from Cleveland and of Slovene descent. Even though he's over 80 years old, he still does at least two concerts a year. Wow. Marineland at Niagara Falls and Oktoberfest in Ontario. Now... This is a duplicate song. We've done the beer barrel polka before, but we did the Frankie Yankovic version. Mm-hmm. So the song is not gonna be too much different, just the different spin on it. And that well, was Well and
1: both of those guys played in the slow
0: so- Slovenian style. Yes. And actually both of them played on this version too. Oh really? Yes. Now that was actually back in episode five. That oh, we talked wow. about the first time. Our alcohol wow. one was episode five. Okay, so that yeah, was it way back sense. there. And that was the solo one back then. And now It's mostly instrumental with a few lyrics that basically state, everyone's here, bring out the beer, and let's get the party going. And There's not a whole hell of a lot extra to that. All you needed to add was, welcome to Wisconsin. Yeah, kind of. And, you know, as mentioned before, this is a common piece played at a lot of Badger sporting events or Packer game or brewers, of course. And in case you missed the first go around, here's the interesting fact about it also, and that's that it was first composed by a Czech musician in 1927 with no lyrics. It became famous around the world with lyrics around 1939. Okay. So let's go ahead and roll out the barrel. Roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. Roll out the barrel. we got the blues the Now, don't have a whole hell of a lot extra say that we haven't oompa. Really Yeah, Opa. Or oompa. <laughs> oompa! Uh oofta. That too, yeah. Now, not a whole lot to say. I mean, it's a polka. It's a very well-known polka, and if this version or the Frankie Yankovic version, I mean, it's it's a polka. I mean, what can you say? It's a solid six.
1: Okay. Now, who doesn't know the beer Bro polka? Especially if it's you live around here. Yeah, if you live in Wisconsin or other heavily German-influenced parts of America, this is classic polka of a wedding or an anniversary or anytime my people get together for a celebration. Polka is the music of my people and by that i mean germans i've learned to love it over the years and this is one of the more fun ones
0: i gave it a five okay so yes i am i too am a kraut at heart (laughs) are are you a kraut in dna though on a uh yeah partially okay and on a bad day i am a sauerkraut exactly no, the the DNA thing with the Ancestry.com. So, yes, actually, I I do have German blood in me. Well, I've never
1: done that, but according to Family Legend, I'm like 75% German and 25%
0: English. Dude, we need to get you one of those Ancestry kits. Because remember the commercials were like, I thought I was German, and it turns out he's like Scottish or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, he's in the lederhosen, and then the next picture you see him, he's in the kilt. Or it was the other way around, actually. He something he was, like yeah. that, yeah. So you're like, I'm 75% German. Watch your, like, three-quarters Mexican or something. That would be an odd one. be hilarious, actually. <laughs> so what do you got next? Uh, so next up, I got Bruno Mars,
1: The Lazy Song. So Peter Gene Hernandez, better known as Bruno Mars. Good choice. The, yeah. Is an American singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, record producer, and dancer. Born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, by a family of musicians. Mars began making music at a young age and performed in various musical venues in his hometown throughout his childhood. He graduated from high school and moved to Los Angeles to pursue a music career. After being dropped by Motown Records, Mars signed a recording contract with Atlantic Records in 2009. In 2009, he co-founded and the production team, the Smeezingtons. Smiz- sure. S-M-E-E-Z-I-N-G-T-O-N-S. Oh, the Smeezingtons. Yeah, the Smeezingtons. Mm-hmm. Are responsible for the singles Nothing On You by B.O.B., B., the famous B.O.B., B., I guess, and Billionaire by Travi McCoy. His debut studio album, Do Wops and Hooligans, in 2010, included the International and U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number 1 singles, Just The Way You Are, and Grenade, as well as the number 4 single, The Lazy Song. In 2014, Mars collaborated with Mark Ronson on Uptown Funk, a single which performed well on many musical charts worldwide, including the U.S., Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and U.K. His third studio album, 24K Magic, or 24 Karat Magic, I would assume, 2016, received seven Grammy Awards and yielded the successful singles 24 Karat Magic. That's What I Like and Finesse. To date, he has sold over 130 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. To put this in perspective, the Beatles had a seven-year career, sold 100 million records. He has had a career that started in 2010, so an eight-year career, and has sold 130 million records.
0: Do people just have more money nowadays?
1: (laughs) I I don't know, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Bruno Mars, but I'm not like, I don't live on everything. But to sell records like that,
0: are people, people just buying multiple copies of it just to pad his stats i don't know i just bought a case of him just so it makes it look like he sold more yeah i don't know go home mom you're drunk so he's accompanied by his
1: band the hooligans who play a variety of instruments such as electric guitar bass piano keyboards drums and horns and also serve as backup singers and dancers okay as i was writing that i'm like isn't that what a band's supposed to do pretty much play the instruments sing if they need to
0: But But dancing, that's the different part.
1: Well, okay, I'm sorry. Because when was the last time you saw Ringo dance? Never. Exactly. (laughs) Mars performs in a wide range of musical styles. Eh, Let's just be lazy. I
0: just want to lay in.
1: Song is a song recorded by American singer-songwriter Bruno Mars for his debut studio album, Doo-Wops and Hooligans. It was serviced to contemporary hit radios in the United States on February 15, 2011, as the album's third single by Atlantic and Elektra. Development of The Lazy Song began while Bruno Mars, Philip Lawrence, and Ari Levine were hanging around the studio and didn't feel like working. Mars wrote the song in collaboration with singer-songwriter Kanan and his production team the Smeezingtons, who also produced the track. Musically, the Lazy Song has been described as borrowing heavily from Roots Reggae, while lyrically, it is an anthem to laziness. Cameron Duddy and Mars directed the accompanying music video, in which Mars hangs out with five dancers with monkey masks while, while jesting around in his underwear. It has been certified three and four times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America and by Music Canada, respectively. Worldwide, it is one of the best selling digital singles of 2011 with sales of 6.5 million copies. I gave this song a 6 of 10.
0: Okay. It's a goofball guy talking about a slack day. Yeah. And there's really nothing to it. What I find funny is the song came out, you said, in 2011? Yes. Even back then, as progressive as we are today now, they still had to either bleep or blank out the word sex. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? You can't even say the word. It's not like he's saying, I just want to get laid. No, he just said sex. That's it. And he yep. still bleeped it out. Like, you kidding me? I enjoy this song. I think it's a fun song, and it really is an anthem to not doing a goddamn thing. I wish I could have more t- days like this, but unfortunately I would get paid to have days like this.
1: I know. Wouldn't it be great if you did?
0: No kidding. Well,
1: I mean, you kind of do. You get vacation.
0: Yeah, but it's... I want to save my vacation for a nice day, not like... Like the day I take a day off and it's like rainy and shitty out, it's like, damn it!
1: Yeah, I know that's that has got to be the worst.
0: Or like feeling. actually taking time off because you're sick.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. See, you probably I actually still get sick days, and I know a lot of people don't. It's all bundled together paid
0: time off, PTO. Yeah, yeah. I still actually get sick days, so that's kind of nice. So when I'm actually sick, I can you don't it. Have to take through it, man. right? I gave it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy this one. I'm not a huge fan of all of his work. Uptown Funk is a great song, by Yes, the way. that is that is probably my favorite of his songs. The, um, the Marry Me song is good, as, as is Just the Way You Are. I know you talked about that mm-hmm. on, on the love songs. He's got some good stuff. Um, not my favorite artist of all time, but he's done good work. All right, what do you got next? Next, we got the Teddy Bear song by Red Sovine. Woodrow Wilson Sovine... Poor bastard. Woodrow Wilson, so I should say. I would go by Red as well. Yeah, probably. Was an American country artist that wrote many truck driving songs. He picked up the nickname Red due to his auburn hair. Mom taught him how to play guitar when he was a kid, and he and his childhood friend Johnny Bales performed together as Smiley and Red, the singing sailors, (laughs) on an AM station. Okay. Bales figured there was a ceiling with Sovine, so he left to be part of the Bales brothers or Sovine, Sovine continued to sing on Charleston Radio, and on the encouragement of his former partner Bales, formed the Echo Valley Boys. Shortly afterwards, Sovine moved to Louisiana to perform on KWKHAM Radio. His show wasn't very popular, but he got a lot of exposure being on Louisiana Hayride with co-star Hank Williams, who pushed him for a better time slot at WSFA in Montgomery, Alabama. We're on your side. Exactly. (laughs) He also led him towards a contract with MGM in 19... 49. That same year, Hank Williams jumped to the Grand Ole Opry, and Sovine replaced him on Louisiana Hayride. He released many singles that really didn't do too much, except for solidify him as a good, solid solo act. Country music legend Webb Pierce helped him towards a contract with Decca in 1954, and within a, fir- within a year, he had his first top 20 hit, and his first number one in 1956, which was a duet with Pierce covering George Jones' Why Baby Why, and became part of the Grand Ole Opry. He continued to re- record and release records in the mid-60s. He found his niche, trucker songs, and Christmas sad songs. He released most—he released a lot of them, most of which were more spoken than sung. And then on April 4th of 1980, while he was driving in Nashville, he suffered a heart attack, causing him to run a red light and crashed into another driver. He died in the hospital on the same day. Sucks. That's kind of the end of his story. So, the Teddy Bear song, or Teddy Bear, was a track released on the album of the same name in 1976. It talks about a handicapped boy who refers to himself as Teddy Bear and is wanting someone to talk to him on the CB radio. His dad, who had been killed in an auto accident, gave him the radio to keep him company. Let's go ahead and hug our Teddy Bear. The old CB was barring away on Channel 19 when there came a little boy's voice on the radio line. And he said, Breaker 19, is anyone there? Come on, bike truckers, and talk to Teddy Bear. I keyed the mic and I said, you got it, teddy bear. And the little boy's voice came back on the air. Appreciate the break. Who we got on that end? I told him my handle and then he began. This song, and I, I'm using quotes on this one. Yeah, it is more of a talked. It's pretty much a guy telling a story with standard country twang, like a Tennessee lead double J sound almost in the background. Yeah, kind of. If Yeah, if you listen to it, you're going to listen to it now and you're going to hear it you're like, oh, yeah. Playing in the background, I know it's all innocent, but if it were done today, it would be decried as a Dateline to Catch a Predator episode waiting to happen.
1: Quite possibly.
0: I mean, come on. I took my turn at riding Teddy Bear. That is literally one of the signs in this one. Yes. But but, Damien giving him a ride in his truck. uh, Right. I know that. But like I said,
1: times are different.
0: Taking out of context, yeah, that could be... I, I know it meant something different to Sovine back when it was written, and that just is how it comes out today. It's kind and sweet, but it's meh. It's very twangy. I prefer C.W. McCall better when it comes to the Trucker songs. It's a five. Boy. Well, oh, hells yeah, dude. Or or uh, listen to Jerry Reed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So No, it's an even five for me. So.
1: It's an old story song. This is one about a little guy who calls himself Teddy Bear on the CB radio. He's crippled, and his dad just died, and all he can do is talk on the radio. He just... Talks to truckers the past time as his mom is working since, you know, daddy is dead. Um, it's not a very happy song.
0: No. I mean, it's got a nice little angel-y time ending it.
1: Right. He talks to a trucker who takes young teddy bear for a ride in his truck like his dad used to do. And he wasn't the only one. Obviously, all these other truckers were listening. They lined up around the block, you know, and mm. they just kept taking him on rides. So this song brings tears to my eyes every time. It really does. It touches the feels. I really hate songs like this. I really, <laughs> I hate, hate embracing songs. my
0: feelings. I really
1: hate songs like this. However, I do really like when I say I hate songs like this. I hate the fact that they that they get they to have that, that much of
0: an effect on you, right? All right,
1: but I gave it an eight. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: That is not what I expected, but. Continue on. <laughs>
1: all right, so up next we have Apples, Peaches, Pumpkin Pie by Frankie Yankovic. Sounds like a good dessert to me. And that's really what the song is about, but I'll get to that. So Frank John, Frankie Yankovic, was a Grammy Award-winning polka musician. Oh, by the way, have I ever mentioned that Nikki's dad, all he listens to is polkas?
0: So that's
1: why she is into polka music.
0: See, and I mean, is that like when we went and visited on that holiday? Yeah. Yeah. But he was playing Jimmy Buffett. Or well, was that... yeah,
1: that that's that's grandma though. Or
0: or was that for the benefit of everybody else?
1: That was the for the benefit of his wife.
0: Ah, uh, I see.
1: So anyway, known as America's Polka King, Yankovic was considered the premier artist to play in the Slovenian style during his long career. Born to Slovene immigrant parents, Yankovic was raised in the Collinwood neighborhood of Cleveland's East Side. He released over two hundred recordings in his career. Holy shit. In nineteen eighty six he was awarded the first ever Grammy in the best polka recording category. I didn't even know they had one.
0: I didn't either, but it's cool that it was the first one.
1: Yeah, he rarely strayed from Slovenian style polka, but did record with country guitarist Chet Atkins and pop singer Don Everly. He also recorded a version of the Too Fat Polka with comedian Drew Carey. <laughs> I almost want to find that.
0: I think I've heard it actually. Have you? Yeah.
1: So Yankovic died on october fourteenth, nineteen 19- 1998, in Newport, Ritchie, Florida, from heart failure at the age of 83. He is buried in Cleveland's Calvary Cemetery. Hundreds of friends, family, his loyal fans, and fellow musicians attended his memorial service. At his peak, Yankovic traveled extensively and performed 325 shows a year.
0: Okay, and let's put this in perspective for people who are not caught up with that. How many days are there in a year? 365. And he toured and played how many shows? 325. That's pretty much every goddamn day.
1: Yeah, that's 40 days off in the year. And maybe a few more if you double up, like you do two concerts in a day yeah, or something. Maybe. But mean, still.
0: That's enough time for him to basically have a couple meals, take a shit, and have a nap. Get back on the road, yeah. Yeah.
1: He sold 30 million records during his lifetime. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of them that we read out here, but for a polka? For a very
0: niche artist. Yeah. I mean... Because, yeah, I mean, who goes out and be like, I want to go buy a polka album. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't have a couple polka CDs, and that's just because I got them from the library and beer fest type stuff. Right. But I wouldn't go out and buy that. No, no.
1: So, hey, let's get the polka going, huh?
0: All right. Apple's peaches Pumpkin Pie, who's not ready, how are I? Let's all play hide and see. Apple's peaches Pumpkin Pie, who's not ready, how are I? Little appropriate that we're having the best damn apple ale, and your song is about apples, peaches, and Some pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie.
1: Yeah. So there wasn't much out there as to the meaning behind the song, but let's see if I can use my high wisdom stat to figure it out. It seems dinner is over and dessert is on. You can have apple, peach, and/or pumpkin pie. However, if you're not ready, holler I. That's pretty much it. Now polkas are not high on my list of musical types. However, as my father-in-law says, who can listen to or play polka and be sad? I think he has me there.
0: You know, I never thought of it that way, but that's kind of he's kind of right on that.
1: Yeah, it's a very happy music. I didn't really know what to rate this, so I'm just going to go middle of the road and say 5.
0: That was kind of the same thing in fact. It's a polka song kind sung by the American polka king. What else is there to say? It's a polka. It makes me think of Sundays. Sundays? Yes, just because they, for whatever oh, reason Oh, because well there's a lot of there's a lot of Radio stations
1: that play polka on Sundays.
0: Right, and like after churches, and if you, because yep. a lot of times when the folks would hang out and bullshit with other parents or whatever else, if they did it in the cafeteria, there'd always be polka playing. Yeah. So it just, for whatever reason, that's just the first thing that comes to my mind is Sunday. Do you remember polka masses? Never went to one. Oh, you are a lucky bastard. <laughs> um, I gave it a six. Six? Okay. And I'm sorry, what it, you said you were a five? A
1: five, yes, sir. And what were you on Bruno Mars again? I was a six.
0: All right. That's me paying attention, I guess. Yeah, really.
1: Come on, man. Get your shit
0: together. All right, fine. All right, what's next? Next, we have Skin, which is subtitled as "Sarabeth" by Rascal Flatts. Now, Rascal Flatts is an American country band formed in 1999 by Gary LaVox, his second cousin, Jane Marcus, and, ready for it, Joe Don Rooney.
1: Yeah, we talked about this once before, and that name gets it's, me every time.
0: you got to have a Joe Don, Billy Ray, Bubba Steve, or some other double name if you want to have a country band.
1: Bubba Steve, I like that. I know, right? I'm getting like... my wife pregnant again.
0: <laughs> Bubba, She's going to be
1: pissed when I write that on the birth certificate. Bubba Steve.
0: Bubba Steve Knight. <laughs> it's got a ring to it, actually. Shut up. <laughs> All right. No, it's your, your job to talk her into that. I no, it's like my it...
1: job to edit that shit out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyways, um, the three guys met in Nashville and were recommended by singer Mila, Mila Mila Mason to record producers Mark Bright and Marty Williams. The two played Doug Howard, the artist and repertoire, a.k.a. Talent Scout, for Lyric Street Records, a three-song demo, and he thought they were, finger quotes, just incredible. And they were signed to Lyric Street in late 99. They released their self-titled debut, 2000's Rascal Flats, where it went to number three on the U.S. country charts, and has since gone platinum with the RIA. They toured and recorded, releasing five more albums before Lyric Street Close-Up Shop in 2010. The band signed with Big Machine Records in July of 20, 2010, and has been recording and touring under that label ever since. Something interesting about the band is they've never had any turnover. Another band? This, Yes, the, the band is still made up of the same three guys that started in 1999. Cool. Which is impressive. Yeah. Um, Since Inception, they've released a total of 10 studio albums, the most recent being 2017's Back to Us, and between all of the albums, they've spawned 37 singles. Now, Skin, Sarah Beth, is a Doug Johnson and Joe Henry Penn single off of 2004's Feels Like Today. It was originally a hidden track that was on first pressings of the album, and they apparently decided that it liked enough so that they just put it out for everybody. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Skin before we talk about it. She's dancing
1: around and around without any cares, and her
0: very first love was holding her close, and the soft wind is blowing her head. So the song talks about a Kentucky girl who gets sick and, while recovering, finds a bruise that just won't heal. Turns out to be leukemia. So that's a happy start. Yeah, we're, it's, it, well, it's such a happy song. Right. She wants to go to prom, but doesn't feel right to go in her condition because she's losing her hair due to the chemo. Later, in true gentleman form, her boyfriend shows up with a ball cap to hide the head that he shaved in support of his girlfriend. Sweet. Aww. Yeah. I know it's obligatory for country artists to do a heartstring yanking song, and this one must have filled their contract for the next decade. I know they didn't want to cheapen it by making it more upbeat, but come on, a little bit more tempo would make this more bearable and less likely for me to want to hurt myself. Before I heard it, I gave it a four. After I listened to it, didn't change. How could you give it a rating before you even listened to it? Uh, sometimes it's one of those things where I get this, I'm like, okay, I know the artist. I know the type of music to listen to. I looked up the lyrics, and that's before hearing this song. So I looked at the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, this looks awful. And then <laughs> listened to it and realized... Yeah, my first impression was correct.
1: So I had not heard this song before doing this list. Me either. Somehow, surprisingly, with the way my life listens to music and the way I pretty much let her listen to what she wants to listen to when we're together because my music annoys her and I can deal with her music, I'm surprised I'd never heard it. Now, like you said, it's a it's a song about a girl with leukemia. She's going through the trials of chemo and her hair falling out and how she copes with it all, and a big part of that coping is her boyfriend, who shaves his head, to go to prom. Now, like I've already said, I don't like songs that have too much seriousness to them, because I don't like crying over a song. Life is too
0: hard without music reminding me of how hard it is, you know? Or reminding you that your personal life is a hell of a lot better than this is.
1: Right, you know, and it's it's one of those things, that's one of the reasons I'm so drawn to, like, 80s, like, glam rock. It's just about having a good time. Oh, yeah, it's fluff. Yeah, go out there, have fun, you know, find abroad, whatever, kind of thing. And this is not that. No. Now, that said, these songs always rate high on my list because as much as I dislike the fact that they put me in touch with my feels, they put me in touch with my feels. So I gave it a 7. Okay. All right, let's move on to something that's, well, a a little more fun. So, Morna Anne Murray, Order of Canada and Order of Nova Scotia, known professionally as Anne Murray, is a Canadian singer in pop, country, and adult contemporary music whose albums have sold over 55 million copies worldwide. Murray was the first Canadian female solo singer to reach number one on the U.S. charts and also the first to earn a gold record for one of her signature songs, Snowbird. She is often cited as the one who paved the way for other international Canadian success stories, such as Katie Lang, Celine Dion, and Shania Twain. I always forget Shania Twain is Canadian. She is also the first woman and the first Canadian to win Album of the Year at the 1984 Country Music Association Awards for her Gold Plus 1983 album, A Little Good News. She has been inducted into the Canadian Country Music Hall of Fame, the Juno Hall of Fame, the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, and Canadian Broadcast Hall of Fame. She's a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame Walkway of Stars in Nashville, and has her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Los Angeles, and on Canada's Walk of Fame in Toronto.
0: I did not know Canada had a Walk of Fame. (laughs) I didn't either. I kind of want to go there. I kind of do too. Because it better have Alex Trebek on there. Just saying.
1: Yeah, and a part of his mustache.
0: Yeah, I remember, you see pictures of him back in the day, like in 70s? He had a fro. Yeah. It
1: was yeah. awesome. So in
0: 2011,
1: Billboard ranked her 10th on their list of the 50 biggest adult contemporary artists ever. So, Lou, could I have this dance...
0: For the rest of your life?
1: No, just right now.
0: Okay, we're okay with that. Could I have this dance for the rest of my life? Be my
1: partner every night. Could I Have This Dance is a song recorded by Canadian country music artist Anne Murray. Could I Have This Dance was featured in the 1980 film Urban Cowboy and appeared on both the soundtrack album for that film as well as Murray's Greatest Hits compilation, issued in late 1980. It was released in August 1980 and became Anne Murray's fifth number one country hit as a solo artist. The single went to number 1 for for 1 week and spent a total of 10 weeks on the country charts. Could I have this dance was also Anne Murray's 10th top 40 on the US pop singles chart, peaking at number 33. I truly like this song. It's a great song to dance to with my wife because it's not too fast and I don't look like I'm just jiggling. I can't say much bad about Anne Murray
0: either. I
1: I I think the song is a strong seven for
0: me. The title looked vaguely familiar, and I wasn't sure if it was one that I had heard of until I played it, and Uh then the memory kicked in and realized there was a reason that I didn't remember it right away. The Canadian Lady Crooner gave us a schmaltzy love song that, while not terrible, is kind of basic and kind of boring. I am not a fan of Ms. Murray's work. I know that we talked about her in the past. Uh, What was it, either Daniel's song or Snowbird, one of the other? I think it was
1: Daniel's song.
0: It just, I don't know. I mean, she's got a good voice, just not my thing. I didn't care for it. I give it a four. Okay. Fair enough. What do you got next? Next, we're going to go ahead and get happy. And that is Pharrell Williams. Now, How many
1: times have we talked about this goddamn song already? Three.
0: This is the third? It's at least two. Um, it might be third if it was a decade song. It was a decade song. I so know then, for then sure. it would be three because I think you picked it for... Happy songs. Happy songs. Yeah. So... Which, of course, it was your song, which means I didn't have a write-up to go on, so I had to do all this from scratch. God damn it.
1: Oh. (laughs) Wait, do I feel bad for you?
0: Not really. (laughs) So Pharrell Lansillo, if that's how you say that, um, Williams, is an American rapper, singer, and producer. He started his musical journey when he first met Chad Hugo in 7th grade band camp. Yeah. So this one time at band camp? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Williams played keyboard and drums, Hugo played tenor sax, and, well, as well as both being in the marching band. They were nerds. <laughs> hey, at least he didn't play a flute. Right. Um, they formed an R&B-style group called the Neptunes and were signed after high school with Teddy Riley. Williams started off in the early 1990s doing more producing with a little bit of writing, uh, including a verse, and helped produce the Rex and effects song Rump Shaker. As well as doing a small rap on Sisters with Voices right here. I didn't know he was part of Rump Shaker. I... By this time, the Neptunes were well established as a producing duo and have worked with many artists such as Mace, Blackstreet, Britney Spears, and Gwen Stefani. Not oh, con- I love me a little Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Not content doing that out by themselves, the hip hop band Nerd was formed. No one ever really dies. Oh. Yeah.
1: I just wanted to. Yeah, do you remember. Uh... Oh, what the hell
0: was it? Revenge of the Nerds? Oh, yeah. Nerds! <laughs> yeah, that is actually a pretty good movie. Um, with Williams, Hugo, and Shay Haley. Now, between the Neptunes producing and releasing their own album in 2003 and Nerd releasing albums starting in 2001, Williams was a busy guy. Finally, in 2006, he released his first solo album, In My Mind, where it peaked at number one on the UK R&B charts and the number two on the US R&B charts. In the meantime, he was still working with Nerd and producing for other artists. He was popular in his own right. Then, 2010 happened, and he composed for the soundtrack for DreamWorks' Despicable Me, as well as working with legendary composer Hans Zimmer to do the music for the 84th Academy Awards. Between those prior events and working with both Daft Punk on their 2013 album Random Access Memories and Robin Thicke with Blurred Lines, Williams was an international superstar. He continued to record and release and produce while doing side projects like Being a Judge on The Voice. He's actually only released two solo albums, but has guest appeared on tons of projects and nearly 50 singles between his other projects. Happy was a single off of 2013's Girl and also appeared on the Despicable Me 2 soundtrack. Let's take a moment and get happy. happy. Regarding this song, it's hard not to be at least a little happy or crack a smile when it comes on. I mean, this is like your last song where, you know, you cannot not be happy when this comes on. I really enjoy this song. It's a very peppy song and acts kind of like audio endorphins, which kind of makes you feel happy just hearing it. And his smooth vocals just work. This is a seven for me. Okay. What can be
1: said about this song that we haven't said before? It's a lot of fun and I really like it. I gave it an eight. All right. Up next, I have got um, Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. Dolly Rebecca Parton-Dean is an American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, record producer, actress, author, businesswoman, and philanthropist, known primarily for her work in country music. After achieving success as a songwriter for others, Dolly Parton made her album debut in 1967 with her album Hello, I'm Dolly. No shit. With steady success during the remainder of the 1960s, her sales and chart peak came during the 1970s and continued into the 1980s. Parton's subsequent albums in the later part of the 1990s were lower in sales. However, in the new millennium, Parton achieved commercial success again and has released albums on independent labels since 2000, including albums on her own label, Dolly Records. Parton is the most honored female country performer of all time. Achieving 25 Recording Industry Association of America Certified Gold, Platinum, and Multi-Platinum Awards. She has had 25 songs reach number one on the Billboard Country Music Charts. A record for a female artist, tied with uh, Reba McIntyre, actually. She has 41 career top 10 country albums. A record for any artist. And she has 110 career charted singles over the past 40 years.
0: Wow. The hell she been doing? Christ.
1: She has garnered 9 Grammy Awards, 2 Academy Award nominations, 10 Country Music Association Awards, 7 Academy of Country Music Awards, 3 American Music Awards, and is one of only 7 female artists to win the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year Award. Parton has received 47 Grammy nominations. In 1999, Parton was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. She has composed over 3,000 songs, notably I Will Always Love You, a two-time U.S. country chart-topper for Pardon, as well as an international pop hit for Whitney Houston, Jolene, Coat of Many Colors, and 9 to 5. She is also one of the few to have received at least one nomination from the Academy Awards, Grammy Awards, Tony Awards, and Emmy Awards. As an actress, she has starred in films such as 9 to 5 in 1980 and The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas in 1982. Which is a great movie if you've never seen it.
0: No, I have not.
1: It is actually a really good it's movie. It's
0: Burt Reynolds, isn't it? Yep,
1: yep. Uh, for which she earned Golden Globe nominations for Best Actress as well as Rhinestone, 1984, Steel Magnolia's 1989, Straight Talk, 1992, and Joyful Noises in 2012. Let's do the old 9 to 5. Working 9 to 5 So 9 to 5 is a song written and originally performed by American country music entertainer Dolly Parton for the 1980 comedy film of the same name. In addition to appearing on the film soundtrack, the song was the centerpiece of Parton's 9 to 5 and Odd Jobs album, released in late 1980. The song was released as a single in November 1980. The song garnered Parton an Academy Award nomination and four Grammy Award nominations, winning her the awards for Best Country Song and Best Country Vocal Performance Female. For a time, the song became something of an anthem for the office workers in the U.S., and in 2004, Parton's song ranked number 78 on American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Songs. The song 9 to 5 was written for the comedy film 9 to 5 starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Parton in her film debut. The song and film owe their titles to an organization founded in 1973 with the aim of bringing about better treatment for women in the workplace. So... This is a great nostalgia piece of music for me. The movie, if you have ever seen it, is funny. If you haven't, I recommend that you watch it at least once. For me, the song gets a seven.
0: It's just a fun song. I, I love the fact that it has like that little typewriter click and the ding that was used in there because yep. it kind of just punctuates it. The movie was also very entertaining. I've heard some very good remixes and dance versions of this, which actually speeds it up and everything else. And this is act, this song's actually been used as kind of a uh, a... Tra- drag or gay anthem too oh really yeah there's a few like of the you know the the drag shows and things like when i was in college that had some a couple remixes of this or played this and i mean
1: when you were in college you were at a drag show last
0: week i know it well, you talked me what what are you talking about well, that's why I know you were there. <laughs> no, But, no, it's. I also gave it a 7, actually. I enjoy the song. I'm not a huge fan of all of her work, but this is one of my favorite songs. No, song
1: but, I mean, her her work is so far-reaching that if you actually give it a chance, you're going to find something you like. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just no way around that.
0: But Absolutely. All right, so what do you got next? All right, so we've got Fireflies by Owl City. So, Owl City was an electronica project cre- created in 2007 by multi-instrumentalist Adam Young. Finally, a normal, easy name. (laughs) He started off with music just after high school. He was working at a Coke shipping warehouse, loading trucks, and would come up with melodies and songs in his head, so he'd just go home, record them in his parents' basement, and upload them to MySpace. MySpace? Yeah. He released his first EP of June in 2007, and then in 2008 released his first studio album, Maybe I'm Dreaming. His huge presence on social media and the fact that he's on iTunes as well helped him sell CDs and was picked up by Universal Republic in 2009. He continued to record and release music online and in CD format, and plays shows occasionally. He is self-diagnosed with Asperger's. He He describes himself as introverted and has the symptoms, which keeps him from doing huge venues, which is probably why he's more comfortable online. Owl City has released six studio albums that have spawned 21 singles. Young is expecting a new album titled Cinematic on June 1st of 2018. Now Fireflies is a single off of Owl City's first major label release, 2009's Ocean Eyes. Let's go ahead and see if we can maybe see the flicker of some Fireflies. So this is another one that I did not know it, but I recognized it when I heard the chorus. Okay. I appreciate the electronica part. The guy's got a good voice, and I'd consider checking it out more. It's, this one wasn't, like, my favorite thing in the world. Apparently, part of the song was even used in Weird Al's polka Medley, Pokeface, on the 2011 "Apocalypse" album. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know until now. I'm going back and listening to it going, yeah, I can see that. So I give it a six.
1: Okay, fair enough. Now, I... I liked this song. It was it was pretty good. I liked the beat. I liked the lyrics, the way it was all put together. What it made me think about, though, is that I'd never heard the song before, but what it made me think about was the entrance of Bray Wyatt with all the fireflies in the audience and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Not that the music made me think of Bray Wyatt, but just the whole fireflies thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have much to say, except I think I need to check out more Owl City. I gave it a 7. Okay. So up next, we have Billy Joel's The River of Dreams. So, William Martin Joel is an American singer-songwriter and pianist. He was born in the Bronx, New York, and was raised in Long Island, New York. Places which have a heavy influence on his songs. Since releasing his first hit song, Piano Man, in 1973. I can't believe that song's that old. Oh, I can. Joel has become the sixth best-selling recording artist and third best-selling solo artist in the United States. Joel had top 40 hits in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s achieving 33 top 40 hits in the U.S., all of which he wrote himself. He has sold more than 150 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. Joel was inducted into the Singer, the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1992, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999, and the Long Island Music Hall of Fame in 2006. In 2001, Joel received the Johnny Mercer Award for the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 2013, Joel received the Kennedy Center Honors, the nation's highest honor for influencing American culture through the arts. With the exception of the 2007 songs, All My Life and Christmas in Fallujah, Joel stopped writing and releasing pop rock material after 1993's River of Dreams. However, he continues to tour, and he plays songs from all eras of his solo career. I guess that's what divorce does for you. You continue to tour even if you're not writing new stuff.
0: Gotta pay his alimony somehow.
1: Well, why don't you come for a boat ride... Down the river of dreams with me.
0: In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep. From the mountains of fame, to the river so deep. I must be looking for something. Something sacred I know. But the river is wise.
1: And it's too hot. The River of Dreams is a song by American musician Billy Joel. It is the title track and first single from his 1993 album, River of Dreams. At least four versions of the song have been recorded and released. Two versions, released years later, include a bridge section containing a piano interlude paralleling Joel's melody from the song Lullaby, Goodnight My Angel, which is from the same album. These versions can be found on the box set, My Lives and Complete Hits Collection 1973-1999. But even these versions differ from each other, both in length and in arrangement. One, for instance, has more percussion. A fourth mix appears as a bonus cut on the UK C- CD single of "River of Dreams." The per capella mix—it's like a cappella, but it's not. Unca- like a-, a percussion. Ca- caffeinated. Yeah, like it's per capella. It's like I- I'm guessing it's like a per percussion, like only drums or something. Yeah. Uh, done by Nicolo. Joel performed the song at the 1994 Grammy Awards ceremony and abruptly stopped in the middle of his performance in order to verbally protest Frank Sinatra's Lifetime Achievement speech being cut off earlier in the night. So he's like playing along and he's like, fuck you guys, you did that to Frank.
0: Yeah, those New Yorkers and Jersey people stick yeah, together, don't I guess. they? So
1: in 1993, Gary Zimmerman, a songwriter from Long Island, New York, attempted to sue Joel for $10 million, claiming more than half of River of Dreams was based on his 1986 song, Nowhere Land. Joel claimed he had no knowledge of Zimmerman or his music, and Zimmerman dropped the lawsuit in 1994. That sounds like somebody was just trying to make some money.
0: There's a lot of that out there.
1: So this is an amazing song. I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I know this, but let's be honest. This is an amazing sounding, put together and performed song. I,
0: I gave it an eight, and, and a strong eight. All right. Well, I consider myself a greatest hits fan of Billy Joel, where you know I could probably make come up with a CD worth of album or songs of his that I like. Okay. If I'm being honest, this gospel style song wouldn't make it to the one disc greatest hits for me. It might make a two disc version. Okay. But not the one. It's okay, but it's kind of meh. There's something about it that I just don't care for. So I just I can't put my finger on it. Just I don't like something about it. M- maybe just it reminds me too much of "The Lion Sleeps Tonight" by The Tokens. I can see that. I can see a parallel there. I, I don't know. It's, it's something that just doesn't do it for me. I still gave it a six though because it's still not a bad song. I just it's not me. Okay, fair enough. What are you gonna wrap up with? We're gonna wrap up by being a little tacky. Okay, and this is by Weird Al. Yep. Now, Weird Al should need no introduction, but here goes for those few uninitiated.
1: He says there should be no introduction, yet he has a full page.
0: Well, I... Buckle I, up. I cut it back, actually. Thank you. Um, Alfred Matthew Yankovic is an American singer, songwriter, actor, writer, and director. He got his start with music just before turning six. A door-to-door salesman offered guitar or accordion lessons, for his, and his folks chose the accordion. Of course. Because... What? What good American parents wouldn't choose right. the accordion? Well, per Al, they figured there should be at least some one more accordion playing Yankovic somewhere in the world. That makes sense. Though not related to Frankie. Exactly. Now, also per Al, his parents were convinced the accordion would revolutionize rock. They actually were kind of dead on, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. there are
1: There is use of accordion in rock and
0: roll. Same with bagpipes. Yeah. Now, Al took lessons at school for a few years before con- continuing on his own study, He wasn't a sporty guy, and between that and starting kindergarten early and skipping second grade, he was labeled a nerd from day one. A key fire in his career was when he met Barry Hansen, Dr. Demento, when he came to speak at his school. Al gave him a homemade tape of parodies that Hansen played on the air, which could be the official start of his career. He released an EP as Alfred Yankovic during his sophomore year in college, but it wasn't until right before his senior year in 1979, where he recorded his first mainstream parody, My Bologna, Ah. a play on the next My Sharona. Dr. Demento and most of the Dementites loved it, and that was the beginning of the rise of Al in the comedy and parody world. Throughout his career, he's continued to record parodies and original material as well as dabbling in other forms of media. The dude's been done pretty much everything. He's done physical and voice acting, such as playing Darkseid on Teen Titans Go and his own short-lived TV show. He wrote two best-selling books, directed his own and other artists' music videos, such as The Black Crows and Hanson. Is very active and actually really funny on the social media world. Follow him on Twitter. He's actually really entertaining. Oh, okay, okay. Now, his fans have nothing but love for the guy, too. There was a push to get him to perform at the 2015 Super Bowl. NFL quashed that and put Katy Perry there instead. Yeah, that was a bad That was a bad choice. They crowdfunded to get him a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which he'll be getting this year in 2018. Nice. And they've petitioned many times to have him inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's been eligible since 2004, and the fuckers have snubbed him every time, opting for shit-rap groups. In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, but what's your argument for
1: Weird Al being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
0: He can still, I mean, he has some of his stuff as parody, but it's a lot more rock than hip hop. Yeah, but it's parody. But not his original stuff. True. But it's all, but it's still some of his original stuff is rock. So, but fair enough. i I was just, I was just asking. And no, that's fine. And obviously, I'm still annoyed by that, but you're annoyed by me asking or by them snubbing him. The snub. Oh, okay. And having rap in the Rock and Roll, they should have their own Hall of Fame. Like okay. put it in Compton or some shit. I don't know.
1: Nobody would go because you'd get mugged on the way.
0: (laughs) They had, like, metal detectors at the door and shit. (laughs) please put your guns and ammo here, brass knucks here, There you go. So, and I know I mentioned it in the Al episode, but I'm going to say it again. He's currently touring in his The Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour with special guest Emo, the shop teacher from UHF Phillips. I'm super pumped because I get to go with Chad and Scott, and it's the last day of the show. Or the last day of the tour. Is it really? Yes. Ours is the last one, which means he's probably going to pull some cool shit out.
1: Yeah, because he'll be, it'll be... He'll be be done.
0: Out with a blast. Exactly. So that's the other reason I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm getting excited about it, too. That's in June. Mm Mm-hmm. So... So he's released 14 studio albums, nine of which have gone gold or better with the RIAA. The records have spawned 46 singles, of which 15 have charted, and he's won four Grammy Awards, Best Comedy Recording in 1985 for Eat It!, Best Concept Music Video for in 89 for Fact. Best Comedy Album in 2014 for Poodle Hat. And Best Comedy Album in 2015 for Mandatory Fun. Doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. I mean, even with being married, even with having a kid, he's still just rocking it out. Yep. Now, Tacky is a single off of 2014's Mandatory Fun that is a parody of Pharrell Williams' song, Happy, which we talked about, what, like 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Let's go ahead and get a little Tacky. new glitter- because I'm tacky. Let you just like Al usually does with a lot of his parodies, he tries to make the video and the song very similar to the original material. The tacky video was shot in the same one shot, kind of like the happy video was, where it's just kind of following him along. And it has a slew of celebrities like Jack Black, it has Eric Stone Street who plays Cam in Modern Family, and Aisha Tyler who is an Archer and Whose Line Is It Anyways? It's from the point of the view of someone who's talking about the tacky things that they do. I love the song, I love the video. It's fun, it's silly, it's almost a cautionary tale if you want to go there. And I don't know about you, but I know people who have done some of these things. <laughs> so, I don't know, I just really enjoy this song. This is an easy eight for me.
1: Okay. So, I'm pretty sure, like you said, we've talked about the song before, and I, I wrote here because at the time I couldn't remember exactly. I said, if we haven't, what the hell's wrong with us? So, the music from Pharrell's Happy and the musical genius of Weird Al just doesn't get any better. I mean, I love this song. The number of cameos in this video is insane. My favorite one is Margaret Cho. Oh, okay. Because she's, I don't know if you've ever seen her stand up, she's hilarious.
0: I haven't actually. Okay. Um, didn't watch hers. I liked the Jack Black thing. I Actually, the other one, and what the hell is her name? The, the one that was, uh, she's in Bob's Burgers. She's in that Last Man on Earth or whatever.
1: Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. She's I the think... one that
0: has paint boobs on yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Schaal. Yes. She's funny, too. But Jack Black's being goofy was pretty hilarious. So, you know, my
1: wife goes, don't tell him that's the way I get dressed in the morning, which she doesn't, but, you know, she's she has been known to put together outfits sometimes that are odd. Questionable. There's a good word for it, questionable. I gave it a solid eight. All right. So, so we matched on that one. Yep. So what do you got for the last one? Well, and actually, unfortunately, because I, we just took her list and did it, mm-hmm. my least favorite song is the last one we're going to end the show with. Good, because we're going to agree on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Sugarland is an American country music duo consisting of singers, songwriters, Jennifer Nettles, and Kristen Bush. Oh, we're talking about the song called Steve Earle. Sugarland was founded in 2002 by Kristen Hall with Bush and became a trio after hiring J- Jennifer Nettles. Signed to Mercury Nashville Records in 2004, Sugarland broke through that year with the release of their s- debut single, Baby Girl, the first single from their multi platinum debut album, Twice the Speed of Life. Hall left the group in late 2005 due to stress before the release of the group's second album, Enjoy the Ride. This album produced their first two number one singles in the US, Want To and Settle In and won the duo a Grammy for Stay. In 2008, they released their third album, titled Love on the Inside. This album produced three more number ones, singles with All I Want to Do, Already Gone, and It Happens. Their fourth album, The Incredible Machine, was released on October 19, 2010, in both standard and a deluxe edition. Upon The Incredible Machine being certified platinum, Sugarland has sold in excess of 14 million records. Besides songs written with Kevin Griffin, Nettles and Bush write all of the band's songs. In 2012, after recording a series of tours, the duo went on hiatus due in part to Nettles taking a maternity leave. During the hiatus, both she and Bush recorded solo projects. They officially reunited in 2017 and announced that they were working on new music together for Big Machine Records. Let's see what Steve Earle is up to, though. Steve So this is a tribute to oft-married singer-songwriter and the woman who have inspired him. Both Jennifer Nettles and Christian Bush share a fondness for Steve Earle's brand of country music. It taught them that country was still viable and gave them confidence to reimagine the sound. And when the duo found out what a shameless romantic Earl was, they had to set all his comings and goings to music. Nettles looks at it this way. There comes a point in life of a troubadour when the character can become heroic, even legendary. When Christian Bush brought up the name Steve Earle to Jennifer Nettles, he was surprised to hear that she had never heard of the singer. This led to the song. Says Bush, I told her some of the anecdotes. I didn't know if they were true or not, but I told her the parts of the stories I knew. And I knew that he had had multiple wives and I knew that he had married wife number one again as wife number four. There was some sort of strange little thing in there and I love the romanticness of the fact that in my mind, you could kind of track his wives by his love songs. I love this idea that you could listen to his albums and they're like, oh man, I wonder who that was, that one was about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break here. The song Copperhead Road, mm-hmm. that's a Steve Earle song. Yes. Okay, just so people out there understand that they are actually talking about a real person here right so i was telling her this and sometimes when i tell stories jennifer will just be like oh tell me more tell me more we were laughing and i said well then he moved to ireland and then he did this and then he did that so i she was like this was this is totally a song i was like really okay and i picked up a guitar and started going i would say a line and she'd say the next line then i'd say a line and she'd say the next line We wrote it in about 25 to 30 minutes. Kind of sounds like it, too.
0: Yeah, it sounds more stalkery than anything else, but...
1: So, has Steve Earle heard this song? Not likely. Here's what Christian Bush told us. Or told this article, I guess. We sent it to him. His manager responded to us and said, Steve said he doesn't read any press that anyone writes about him. Long, deliberate pause. And sure as shit would never listen to a song that anyone wrote about him.
0: Yeah, I saw that too, and I'm like, that is pretty hilarious, actually. So,
1: the song itself, I had never heard before doing this. And honestly, not very good one, in my opinion. I I gave it a four.
0: So, alright, I knew who Steve Earl was, and I saw the spelling of it, and I'm like, that's the Copperhead Road guy. Yep, I knew that too. I love that song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is a
0: great song. And I'm just like, okay. So I listened to this, and... You can even look at my writing here. And my first one says, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? I agree. <laughs> it's a modern country artist trying to sound old and twangy as a finger quotes tribute. I've seen these people record before, or perform before. I've seen Sugarland live. And as hard as it is for me to say this, they're so much better than this. <laughs> this got a one. Ooh. I hated this song. Wow.
1: We haven't had a one in a while. Yeah, since last week. We have one? Oh, that's right. I did do a one last week. That was and me. this was
0: not Retribution, by the way. This was because I seriously do not like this song. <laughs>
1: I believe you. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, why don't you go ahead and work on getting the uh, trivia question asked here, and I'm going to go and do our little tally thing we always do.
0: All right. So the question again was, which beetle learned to knit as a child during a hospital stay? And your answer is? Whoa. Ringo. You'd be correct. I know.
1: <laughs> that I actually that was one I actually knew. All right, so we agreed on three songs this week. We agreed on Walk the Moon at six, uh, Tacky at eight, and Dolly Partons nine to five at seven. Now our biggest discrepancy, we had two, three, four. We had four of them at three. So I'm not gonna go through those, but we did have we, we ranged between zero and three. Um, we've had bigger differences, Oh yeah. But, you know, overall, I think it was a pretty solid list. Yeah. I was actually... I gotta say I was a little impressed by it. I figured we'd get a lot more polka. I figured we'd get a lot more country. But she kind
0: of went through all the genres. I would agree because I remember when we first asked her about doing one. And she was just like, I don't know what I'm going to listen to. And basically, it sounded like she was going to kind of parrot what one of the kids did. Mm-hmm. And she kind of went off script on this, which was good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... Oh, what does that bring me to for, um... 500. You're at 1515. Woo! Back to 500. (laughs) Now, who knows what kind of crap you're going to ask
0: me next week, but... Honestly, if you overthink this, you're going to get it wrong. Oh, great. That I will tell you. If you overthink this, you'll get it wrong. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement.
1: If you want to reach out to us and let us know what you think of this episode or any of our other episodes, you can do that pretty easily. There's a few ways. First, by email. You have a couple choices. You can reach us at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com or at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you're more into the social media thing on Facebook, you can find us at POI Network or at Musically Challenge Podcast.
0: And of course, our final way is the Twitter. If you want to go ahead and send us something on Twitter, you certainly can. If you want to say, hey, we love you, hey, we hate you, ask a question, make a comment, send us a playlist, we are at MC Podcast 17. That is at MC Podcast 17. If you decide you want to send us a playlist, which would be fantastic, 14 different songs by 14 different artists. If you want to have a theme, great. If not, no big thing. We do recommend, or request, I should say, is that if you do want to offer a song up, make sure that you have access to that song. As if it's impossible to find, if it's a one song that you just randomly somehow came across and we can't find it, we can't listen to it.
1: At which point we will ask you for another song if you cannot
0: supply us with the music. Exactly. So, absolutely. Now, we just finish up with this one here. We're going to be heading off to number 61 next week. And that is, guess what? It's going to be another listener request. Yeah, we got three in a row. Yeah, three-banger going in.
1: Well, actually, four, because if you go into it, the next list is actually not a listener list, but it's my list.
0: Exactly, and we'll get into that later. We're not going to spoil any surprises. Right, right. So, in any respect, thank you all for listening, and you have a good evening.